read in James chapter 1 uh, about um, uh, counting it all joy. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to read this verse. This is out of Psalm, Psalm 34. It says in verse 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Uh, and, you know, that's just a really good verse, simple verse. It's not a very complicated verse, um, but it's really a verse of faith, you know. And, and verses like this, uh, to me, uh, shows who the Lord is, right? The verses like this really displays the Lord's goodness in our lives. And if this verse is true, and of course it is true because the Lord said it, uh, but uh, uh, he, he never says that as a righteous person, you're going to live uh, all the days of your life. You know, Brother Hagin always said, on, on flowery beds of ease, right? Uh, well, that's not, that's not our life. There are things to deal with, right? There are people to deal with. There are circumstances to deal with. And there are afflictions. Have any, anybody ever been afflicted? Uh, you know, you can be afflicted by people. You can be afflicted by stress. You can be afflicted by uh, sickness and disease. There are a lot of afflictions in the earth. Uh, and, um, you know, why they come, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they may come. Uh, we're not going to go into all of that uh, uh, for this discussion. Uh, but wh whatever the whatever they are, the Bible says uh, that the Lord will deliver him out of how many of them? out of all of them. So if that's a true statement, then we can, as children of God, live a life of whatever comes our way. There's always an answer out of it. Uh, and, and that's the way I live. No matter what comes into my path, no, no matter whatever comes uh, against me uh, in my life. And that doesn't mean that. You know, I'm just every day I'm afflicted and every day I'm a martyr. It's, it's not, you know, I go for days, weeks, months sometimes with no real affliction. Uh, and and, and I, I'm perfectly fine with that. But on occasion, things happen, right? Uh, sickness rises up, people rise up, you know, circumstances rise up. Uh, and in every situation I go into it, uh, and many times, you know, Chris and I will talk and we say, uh, well, let's just see how the Lord gets us out of this. Because we may not even see a way out of it. But we always know there is a way because he says that he's going to deliver us out of them all. Uh, and so I'm never really concerned about, you know, this. Uh, and I never have the attitude, well, this is my lot in life to bear. A lot of Christians, you know, affliction comes and, well, that's just, you know, that's just my life. I've got a hard life, you know, and that's just my life. Uh, and, and that's not the life that the Lord wants us to have. Amen. Amen. Uh, the life that he wants us to have is to advance the kingdom of heaven. Amen. That's our primary responsibility on the earth is to advance the kingdom of heaven, get as many people into heaven as we possibly can. And in order to do that, you sometimes will be afflicted because some people are not happy with you as a, as a Christian. Uh, and, and they may not even know that, they may, you know, because there are spirits behind a lot of things and, and there may be uh, spirits of the enemy working against you. And people are influenced by uh, these demonic forces and oftentimes they will afflict you and, and they won't even necessarily know why, but the spirits behind them will know why because you're a child of God. Uh, and so uh, is it a true statement that the Lord will deliver you out of every affliction? So the question for us, do we believe that? See, see, you have to believe it. It's of no value if you don't believe it. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then, I mean, you know, then you'll have to suffer in your afflictions until they just go away on the, on the natural, uh, uh, as a natural means. But if you really believe this, then you're always looking for the path of where the Lord's going to get you out of that situation. Um, and uh, not long ago, we were praying that uh, I get together with some pastors praying, uh, and the Lord spoke to me because there was a pastor there that was... Uh, uh, he had been in a car accident. His truck was totaled. And uh, the police said it was no fault. What it, but it wasn't, though. It, it was clearly the other person's fault. Uh, and so his insurance company said they weren't going to pay <clears throat> for a full, um, uh, what, what do they call it, when it's totaled, right? They wouldn't total the car. Uh, and and uh, there's no way that the car could be repaired. 
Uh, and the Lord just spoke, spoke to me in that, in that moment of prayer. I said, there's always a path to victory. And if we don't see it, there's always a path. The Lord always has a path to victory. Because if, if this is true, that the Lord will deliver us out of all afflictions, then there's always a path to victory. Uh, and so uh, we just started declaring that uh, because there's other things going on in my life uh, that uh, I don't know how it's going to end. Uh, I don't know how to get from here to there, but I know there's a way to get there. Uh, there's always a path. Even if I don't see it, so I don't have to see it. The Lord's not obligated to tell me everything. Yeah. He's just obligated to do what he said he would do. Amen. So if he's going to deliver me out of all afflictions, how he does that, when he does that, that's entirely up to him. But my responsibility is to have faith that he will do that. Amen. And so we should declare that there's always a path to victory. Amen. And then uh, a few weeks after that, uh, I was talking to him about it and um, about the uh, about the vehicle. And he said that uh, that the, uh, that the insurance company has finally declared that the the vehicle is totaled and he'll get a complete replacement uh, and everything covered because he had full coverage on the vehicle. Uh, and uh, but, you know, sometimes you've got to uh, you, you've got to stand your ground. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I go to people and I ask them something and I'll t they'll tell me something. And I'll look at them and say, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. You know, you need to come up with the correct. The correct answer is you're going to help. Yeah. The correct answer is not. Well, we can't do anything about it. No, that's the wrong answer. That's right. Wrong. Because if the Lord's going to deliver me out of them all. Yeah you have to have the right answer, right? And if you don't want to have the right answer now, you'll have the right answer eventually. And, and, and I just, you know, in every, all the affairs of my life, that's, I'm always thinking that the Lord will deliver me out of all afflictions. Amen. I never think, well, I'll, you know, I'm going to lose this one, you know. Not, a, not if His Word is so. And His Word is so, amen? amen. Uh, and so, you know, it's just, there's verses like this that are, you know, that to me, they're kind of key, fundamental foundation verses that we need to believe things like this because so much of the church is, barely getting by and you know we're not going to make it and oh isn't life so hard and 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 it's just you know it's it's wearying on my heart sometimes to hear christians talk like that it's like have you ever met jesus i mean you know he's literally sitting on, on streets of gold in heavenly places and, and you're telling me there's no way that he can get you out of this there's no way that you're going to make it there's no i'm like have you ever met him uh, you know so and i know they have but you know but sometimes uh, I wonder about, uh, you know, the, the Christian uh, walk of some people. Is, it just, I hear them say these things and I think, wow, you know, uh, 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 let, me, let me go introduce you to Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, right? The great victor, right? The one who says, I hold the keys of death, hell, and the grave, right? The one who's sitting on the heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. That's where we sit, right? Uh, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, uh, he's a... He's a pretty capable i think amen uh, if he said that he would deliver us out of all afflictions then then my simple faith says okay then i don't know how he's going to do it i don't know when he'll do it uh, but i know he will do it right uh, i don't have to question will he do it i know i know he will do it amen and so to me there's always there's always an excitement uh, and like i said with this this the times when, when chris and i would get into a situation and we didn't see any way out there was a uh, the hope of that a confident expectation of Let's just see what he's going to do. Yeah. It'll be really interesting because we have no idea how he's going to do it. But there's a way. And then some miraculous thing will happen and it'll be like, wow, that's really amazing. You know, and, and, it, uh, and it happens all the time. It's not just, you know, this is not theoretical. Well, you know, this, this is in the Bible, but no, nobody actually lives this way. We live this way every day. Amen. And we have a right to live this way every day. As a church, we can do this. Amen. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you about that. Psalm 34, 19. It's just a great verse. There's so many verses like that in the word of God that, are very clear, very understanding. You know, usually when people have low faith, they, they take some verse and then they mean what they say. They just, 
you know, they, they, they take it out of context. And, but this is as plain as it can be, amen? And I, and I like the plain written word of God, amen? Uh, it encourages us. And so, uh, so how many of the afflictions uh, will the Lord deliver you out of? All of them, amen? Well, praise God. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and we'll get, uh, we'll get into praise and worship. In your presence. Father, right now, we get to spend time in the presence of your Spirit. And so, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for your great presence. Thank you, Father. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be praised. And Father, we join our hearts and minds, Father, with your people to declare your goodness in the earth, to say that you are good and that your mercy endureth forever. Thank you. 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 And I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. And we can put it all at your feet. Yes, Father. Everything at your feet, knowing no. that you will make a way. Yes, Father. You no will way. provide. Yes, Father. You will make a way. Thank you, Father. There will be victory. Yes, Father. There will be triumph. Thank you, Father. There will be peace. Yes, Father. There will be peace as we go through the storm. Thank you, Father. There will be triumph at the end of it. Yes, Father. We trust in you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we just thank you for your goodness and kindness and mercy, Father, that you've extended to us each and every day, Father. We thank you that we are carriers of your power. We thank you, Father, that you've delivered your name into the hands of your church, Father. We can use the name of Jesus, Father, to overcome every circumstance, every situation, Father. We thank you, Father, for filling us with your spirit and filling us with your word. And Father, we give you all the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We thank him for his goodness and kindness and mercy. We appreciate all the good things he's done for us. Amen. And so... Um, Well, it's nice to be here in the, the, this building here. It's going to be better when we get back to our church, right? <laughs> so um, I'm going to pull up, uh, I wanted to, to look at a different translation here today, and we'll see if we can't find it. Uh, open up our Bibles to the book of uh, uh, Matthew chapter 5. We'll get started today. Um, We've been teaching about the uh, Beatitudes, and it's just on my heart to, to go through those. There's, there's nine Beatitudes. We call them the Beatitudes. That's not a biblical phrase, just what uh, people have called them over the years. And um, uh, the Beatitudes, are the, as we've mentioned, are the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus spends all of chapter 5, all of chapter 6, and all of chapter 7 
teaching the people uh, a, a lot of things. Amen. There's a lot of good uh, stories, a lot of good uh, doctrine and teaching in the in the Sermon on the Mount. And he covers a wide range. I think they were here for several days, you know. And so uh, if you guys have got several days, we can just go through them all today if you want to. Right. Uh, we can get done by about Tuesday afternoon or so. Uh, but. You know, just taking one verse from Jesus, you could expound on that for, for, for days, weeks, and months, and years. So, you know, uh, um, that's how rich the Word of God is. So we won't spend that much time today on it, but uh, we'll go through there. So uh, we are here. We had uh, talked last week about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And uh, all of these things, all of these beatitudes are things that the Lord is telling us, here's things that I, that I need you to do. Uh, and he's, and he, uh, verse 3, he wants us to be poor in spirit. So that's a choice. Amen. All of these things. Our, our choice. And I just wanted to read uh, all of these things are, are blessed. It started with the word blessed there. And the Amplified Bible brings out uh, some info, insight into the word blessed there. It says, blessed, happy, to be envied, and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. That's the result of, of being blessed, right? And so uh, one translation says, uh, uh, well, we, we read that another time there. It was talking about the other part of the verse. But the Amplified goes through all those different aspects of being blessed. And so being blessed is, you know, a kind of a general term that we see in the Word of God a lot. And um, uh, it's, it covers a lot of area. And, um, and that's really the desire that, that Jesus wants for us. In fact, if you remember in the Garden of Eden, what was the very first thing that God did for Adam and Eve? He blessed them, right? Before He ever gave them any commandment, before He ever told them to go and have dominion over the earth, the Bible says that he blessed them. Uh, and, you know, even today, it seems odd to me that many in the church really struggle with the blessings of the Lord. Then when we talk about God blessing us, they act like, like, we're, we're, like we're thieves or like we're, we're trying to get one over on people. Or It's just an oddest, oddest response when, when people have a hard time with the Lord blessing us. Uh, and uh, they act like, like we're uh, greedy or selfish. or You know, uh, if you had everything in the world, and you had children, what would you be glad to give to them? Everything in the world, right? Uh, there, there's no parent that wouldn't do anything in their, in, the, in their power for their children. And who's got more power than anybody? Well, the Lord does. And so why wouldn't he want to bless? It's just the oddest thing that people get so mad, especially when you get into, uh, in this class, this teaching is not about uh, the, the doctrine of prosperity. Uh, but if you want to uh, rile up some real religious people, just go send them, God blesses me pro uh, financially, right? God prospers me financially. They'll get mad. I mean, spitting mad, you know, how dare you, you, you greedy thing, you know, you're at. And it's like, well, you know, it's just the craziest thing, right? Uh, and I never have, I, I mean, I mean, I understand it from a spiritual standpoint, but I just, I just think that people can't surely be that dumb, right? You surely can't be that dumb that you can't know that the Lord desires to bless you. Amen. Because he literally says in every verse here, blessed are you if you do these things. Uh, and so if you're not blessed, you know, the blessing comes from the obedience of doing these things. Amen. So if you're not doing these things uh, or if you're not blessed, then you're kind of telling off in yourself. But then either you're not poor in spirit or you're not mourning or you're not meek or you're not hungering, thirsting or you're not merciful. Or you're not, you know, somewhere along the way, you're missing some of these things. Right. Maybe one of them, maybe all of them. Uh, because if you do these things, is God going to do what he said he would do? Well, so if you're obedient to his word, won't he do the end of his word? Won't he give you the things that he promised to give you? So if you if you are uh, like we mentioned last week, if you do hunger and thirst, won't you be blessed? He said you would be. So if you're not blessed, then uh, what are you not doing? Amen. You know, the word of God is a simple contract. And like all contracts, there's things that I've got to do and things that you've got to do. Amen. 
And if I do my things, you'll do your things, right? Just like if you go buy a house with it, get a mortgage on it. You know, the bank says, if you pay your mortgage, then you get to keep your house. Pretty simple contract. If they come knock on the door and say, hey, we want your house. And well, I've not missed a payment. Yeah, but we want it anyway. No, you can't do that. That's the contract. The contract says, here's what you're going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And if I do my thing, you've got to do your thing. You've got to let me live here. Uh, and, and so uh, really the word of God, we call them the Old Testament and the New Testament. Well, the word testament is the last will and testament, right? It, it, it's, it means a contract, a covenant between us and God. Uh, and so there's God's side and, the, and there's man's side, right? Now, now, God does all the hard stuff, right? He says, if you obey, I'll bless you. Well, that's a pretty good deal, right? If you do, if you will be poor in spirit or whatever these specifics are, uh, I will bless you. So that's a pretty good deal, right? Because uh, do you have the capacity to hunger and thirst after righteousness? Do you have the capacity to, to desire uh, the righteousness of God? Well, you do. Can you just choose any day that you want to, to, to hunger and thirst after God's things? Well, you can any day you want to. I could just, you know, I mean, I don't where's a clock. You know, it's, it's 1119 right now. Right. You could decide right now to hunger and thirst after God's righteousness. You don't have to wait to 1120. You don't have to wait to 1125. You don't have to say the, well, I'm working on it. You know, people say that all the time. You know, well, how long have you been working on it for 18 years? Well, you're not really working on it. You know, uh, you know, they'll get done with your with uh, your renovation in your house uh, before 18 years. Right, Miss Sandra. Right. So you don't have to wait 18 years to get that done. Right. We're not going to wait 18 years to get the sanctuary done. Amen. If we're if we're 18 years from now, we're still in this building while they're working on it. They're not really working on it. Right. Not for 18 years. And so. Uh, uh, you can decide that the thing about faith that I love is you can decide any moment of the day to start. You don't have to wait. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to start doing these things. You know, I'm going to I'm going to try to do these things. I'm working on doing these things. No, you can just do them today. You can just decide today to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he said, if you'll do that, you'll be blessed. Now, if you don't do that, you don't get the blessings, right? Well, I want all the blessings of God, but not do anything he tells me to do. You know, it doesn't really work that way. You know, you can't just get a job and then not go to work. Well, I don't know why they're not paying me, you know. I mean, you know, uh, I've got a job, but they won't pay me. Are you going to work? Well, no, but, you know, I think they should pay me. You know, there, there's, you know, there's people who really think stuff like that, right? Now, in fact, I, I was uh, uh, talking to a lady one time. She, she was kind of a sickly person and just, you know, out of work a lot, you know. And, and, and so she'd been out of work for many weeks, you know. And, and so we, a group of us had gone to dinner one night and she was just talking about uh, the company. She said, hey, keep calling me, asking me when I'm going to come back to work. They quit bothering me, you know, and and, and I'm like, well, you know, they only pay you so you can do stuff for them, right? I mean, that's the deal, right? You do stuff for them and they pay you. That's the deal, right? Uh, You don't get a job so they can just give you money, right? I mean, you get a job so you can do stuff for somebody and they pay you. And and she acted like that was like brand new economic theory from a university or something like, no, that's the deal, right? You get a job, you do stuff for somebody and they pay you. And that's that's pretty simple, right? Uh, Some people are like, Wow, that's that's really profound. You know, that's really not profound. Uh, amen. And so uh, the Lord says, here's uh, here's some things I need you to do. I need you to decide anytime you want to, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And if you'll do that, I will bless you. If you'll do that, he said, uh, I will fill you. I will respond to uh, whatever you're desiring after me. I will respond with that with that desire uh, to be filled. Uh, so that's a pretty simple contract, right? Well, I want the blessings without without hungering and thirsting. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, this is a simple contract, right? Uh, the more I read the word of God, the simpler it becomes in my mind that uh, the, in all of these promises, the Lord says, I need you to do something. And if you'll do that, I will do this thing over here. And the if is always on my part. The if is never on the Lord's part. He never says, uh, do this. And if I feel like it, I'll do something for you. 
because then he may feel like it. He may not. Now, he always says, if you'll do this, I will always do this over here. And that the word of God is full of promises like that. Uh, promise after promise. In fact, we're, you know, we're looking at just these nine promises here. And in each of these nine promises, there's two blessings, right? Uh, there's always the general blessing at the beginning of the verse. And there's a specific blessing at the end of the verse. Uh, and so for hunger and thirsting, the general blessing is to be blessed, right? Happy, prosperous, all of those things. Uh, and the specific blessing is you'll be filled. You'll get the thing that you desire after. Amen. And then we get to verse 7. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So again, there, there is a, uh, a general blessing at the beginning, a, a general promise at the beginning. There's a general promise at the end, or a specific promise at the end, which is to obtain mercy. And there's a requirement in the middle of what's my responsibility. And my responsibility is to be merciful, right? Uh, and, to be, and, and so this one is the first one that really, that really uh, brings out the, the, the understanding of the law of sowing and reaping. So throughout the word of God, there's a law of sowing and reaping. Started way back in Genesis chapter 8. Uh, and he talks about it in, in Galatians uh, chapter 6 that, uh, where he says, uh, God is not mocked for whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. Uh, now in the world, they call it karma, right? All the karma, right? Well, karma is just a, a, uh, uh, a uh, kind of a lame example of a biblical principle of the law of sowing and reaping, right? Uh, and so uh, because the law of sowing and reaping is wonderful that uh, what, if you sow good things, what will you get? You get good things, right? Now, if you sow bad things, what are you going to get? Bad things, right? Uh, and, and, and that's the law of sowing and reaping, right? Now, the nice thing about mercy is mercy is the only power in the universe that can short-circuit the law of, of sowing and reaping in the negative sense. So if you go sow terrible things that everything left unchanged, you, you may uh, and you will really receive uh, terrible things. But if you go sow terrible things and then you cry out upon the mercy of the Lord and he forgives you, then you will not reap those terrible things. And so it's the only, the only way to, to skirt around uh, the, the law of sowing and reaping in the negative sense is the mercy of the Lord. Uh, and so we're thankful for the mercy of the Lord, aren't we? Amen. Uh, and so, so we want to spend a little time talking about mercy because uh, Jesus is instructing us to be merciful, right? So we know we, also, we always declare that the Lord's you know, mercies are new every morning. Are, and are they new every morning? Yes. They're new every morning, right? Uh, and, and is the Lord good and it, does his mercy endure forever? Yeah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. But, and that's wonderful. But he wants us to be merciful. Amen. Uh, and, um, you know, I ain't going to show them the mercy. Uh, <laughs> okay, fine. You know, I mean, uh, then, then you miss out, right? We miss out on, on this aspect of mercy. And, and uh, Brother Randy, uh, he brought out one, one definition of mercy. Uh, and so there's, there's really two aspects of mercy that we're going to look at. Uh, one is in dealing with just the general compassion that you have for somebody. Uh, and that, that definition of mercy is the ability to enter. This is what uh, Brother Randy, I wrote down these notes when he was here and just ruined all my message here by preaching the entire thing in 20 minutes. But he still had uh, a good definition here. And he said, mercy is the ability to enter into another's situation or circumstances and be sympathetic and compassionate towards them. Uh, and so a lot of times you'll see somebody in, you know, you ever, you ever had that just kind of mercy and, and pity rise up in your heart towards somebody, compassion rise up uh, towards somebody? In fact, in the New Testament, what you'll find is many times the word compassion is the same word as mercy because that, that desire to help, that desire to uh, assist in people's difficult uh, things of life um, is part of mercy. Uh, and you remember the story, we won't turn over there, but over in Mark chapter 9 when Jesus went to find the gathering demoniac. Remember, they went across the sea to the Gadarenes, and he found the Gadarene demoniac. 
uh, and uh, the man had a legion of devils and Jesus cast them all out. Now, uh, did the man go find Jesus? The man didn't go find Jesus, right? Jesus went to go find him. See, the compassion oftentimes will, will uh, compel you to go and assist somebody. Uh, and Jesus uh, and all the, the boys went across the sea and found this man uh, and, and cast all these devils out of him. And at the end of it, Jesus, uh, the man wanted to go with Jesus. And, and, and uh, uh, it says in Mark 5, 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion and hath had compassion on thee. Uh, and so when that word compassion is the same word as mercy, right? When Jesus said, have mercy, uh, then you'll, uh, if you're merciful, then, then uh, you'll receive mercy. And the mercy of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus rose up and he had to go find this man that had been consumed with all of these devils and he cast all of them out, right? And it's a, long, it's a good story there in Mark chapter 5. Uh, and so that's one aspect of mercy, right? Is to see somebody uh, in difficulties, see somebody harm, see somebody uh, dealing with, with life's problems and afflictions, and, and you go help them. So it's not just uh, looking at them and going, wow, somebody should do something, right? That's not actually mercy, right? That, that's acknowledging the, the difficulties of somebody's life. But mercy will compel you to go and assist. Uh, and of course, you know, you've got to be led by the Spirit of God in that because some people, you ever try to help some people and they get mad at you for trying to help? I can take care of it. You know, okay, fine, you know, whatever. Uh, hey, you need any help with that? No, I don't need any help with it. Well, it's like you need help to me, but you know, uh, but uh, so along with the spirit of God that will rise up in your heart and you'll just go and just show up and just uh, and have mercy on somebody and help them. And ideally, because we in the church are the carriers of the power of God, it's not just helping them move a desk or helping them mow a yard. It's helping them cast the devil out or get uh, healing or get uh, deliverance from some affliction. You know, it's not just natural help. It's also the, the power of God help that we have in it. All of us in this room today Born, uh, born, as born-again believers, carry the same power that created the universe. And so we have the, the spiritual power, the capacity to help in any, in any realm, you know, not just in the natural realm. Sometimes people think, well, you know, this is a big spiritual problem. Let's call the pastor. Well, you can call the pastor, but you have just as much power in you that I have. Amen. You don't have any different power. You've got the exact same power that the, that the minister has. Amen. And so one aspect of mercy is the, the desire to show compassion uh, for people in the greatest time of need. And not just to do that, but also to provide the assistance that they need to get out of that situation. Amen? So it's not just the, you know, pity kind of just looks at somebody and goes, wow, that's terrible. Uh, and that, that doesn't really help you. I mean, it's nice that you feel pity for them, but it's not really as helpful as the mercy of compelling you to go do something, right? Uh, so Jesus said, tell them, uh, how God has had compassion or mercy on you. Uh, and so mercy, uh, in, in its essence, is a sovereign act. And we're, and we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, that here in just a second. Um, the other aspect of mercy is the withholding of judgment. Uh, and, uh, and that's the part you know, that's, uh, that Jesus said here, blessed are the merciful. So it's not only blessed are those who have compassion on the needs of those around them, but it's also blessed on, uh, are those who will withhold judgment. Uh, and, and he said that that's what we should be doing. Amen. Now, we all declare that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. The Lord is good and he will withhold judgment from us. Amen. Uh, as much as he can. Amen. Uh, well, the, he's telling us to do that same thing to other people. Amen. Well, they just got what they deserve. 
that's not the definition of mercy, right? In fact, that's the exact opposite of mercy, right? Well, I hope they get everything they deserve. Um, you know, that uh, Jesus is instructing us here that we should be merciful. Now, the, the thing about mercy, uh, and, I, and I wrote some notes about this just because uh, uh, mercy is a little bit um, understanding how to operate in mercy and how to obtain mercy with the Lord will help you to understand how you ha- have mercy for other people. So, you, you know, we've got uh, all these promises in the Word of God. You know, you go to James chapter 1, it says, if any, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord uh, who give liberally and upbraideth not. So if you lack wisdom, can you go to the Lord to get wisdom? It's a promise, right? So if the Lord said to do that, if he said, if you lack wisdom, ask of, of him and he'll give you wisdom, then do you have to beg him for wisdom? No, no you don't beg him because he said, he, he said you can have it, right? Uh, and so you don't go, Lord, please, please, oh, please, 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 can I have wisdom? He said, well, I said you could. Well, I know, but can you please give it to me? Well, I said you would. <laughs> so you're, you're, really the way we approach the word of God, when there's, a, when there's a declared promise, the way we should pray and approach the Lord is say, Lord, you said right here, and we should find where the promise is. Lord, you said right here that if I need wisdom, I can ask of you and get it. So, Lord, I'm here to ask you for the wisdom. And, and I thank you that since I ask, you're going to give it to me. And that's, that's faith, right? That's how faith operates. Faith finds a promise. And we go to the Lord and say, Lord, you've promised this. And so uh, I'm asking for this. And I know you'll give it to me because you said you would. That's how faith operates, right? That's how the promise, we find a promise. We go to the Lord, we declare the promise that he's not a man, that he should lie, that he said that we could have it, so we can have it. So we don't really, we're not really asking him for the wisdom when we are, but we're saying, that, well, Lord, I'm asking for wisdom, but I know you'll give it to me because you said you would. Yeah. So that's faith, right? You, you still ask, but with the expectation that he's absolutely 100% guaranteed going to give it to you. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and now mercy is a little bit different because mercy is a sovereign act of God. Uh, and so mercy, you can still go and ask him for him, but because mercy is for the guilty, you know, you can't always guarantee to get it. Now, you know, it sounds like heresy, but in, in its essence, mercy is just that. Mercy will, if it can, be uh, given to you, but in some cases it cannot be, right? And there, there are plenty of times in the Old Testament uh, where we find that, stories like that. And we're going to look at some stories here uh, in the New Testament when, when we get to that point. Uh, but the way mercy is, the way the mercy works is... You go to the Lord and you ask him for mercy. And then you have to wait to decide to see if he's going to do that because mercy in its essence is for the guilty, right? Uh, and so don't get really hung up on that just yet. You know, just relax just a minute. Take a breath. It's okay. We're going to, we're going to get through it and, and see how it works. So you look at, uh, I was trying to think of a good of analogy of how those two things work. So if you go to the bank and you've got, a, you've got a, an account with a bank, right? You've got a savings account, checking account, whatever. Uh, and, and you're going to go withdraw money. Uh, and maybe you need, you know, uh, uh, $10, whatever, right? And there's a story, this lady went to the bank, she said, I want to withdraw uh, uh, $10. And the, the, the guy at the teller said, well, uh, if, you, if you withdraw anything less than $100, you got to go to the ATM. Uh, and um, you guys heard the story? Uh, and so um, she said, okay, uh, well, then give me $100 uh, in $10 bills. And so he gave her $100. And then she gave him $90. She said, hey, please deposit $90 in my account, right? Uh, and so sometimes, you know, uh, they want to be really hard on you. You'll have to think about that one for a while. And just when you think about it and figure it out, let me know. Uh, and so, uh, but if you go to the bank and you're going to withdraw money, uh, uh, are you really requesting that, they, that, they, that you can have, hey, can I please have my $10, you know, out of my account? I mean, you're going to say, you know, can I have it? But it's, it's really, it's a request. But what's your expectation? 
you're going to get it, right? And, and what if they don't give it to you? Well, then you're going to throw a fit, right? Uh, and uh, I've seen it through a few fits at banks, right, over the years. Uh, and why is that? Because that's the contract, right? The contract is if you deposit this money, it's yours. And anytime you want to, you've you got to ask for it. But anytime you want to, you can get it. it. It belongs to you, right? And that's the covenant of promise that we have with the Lord. Uh, when he died, it, the Bible says that, 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 that we received an inheritance. Uh, and we received the inheritance of all the things that Jesus has. And so it belongs to us, but we still got to go get it. We still got to go withdraw that from the bank of the Lord, right? We got to go ask for wisdom. He said we could have it. Uh, he said it's ours, but we still got to go ask for it and, and withdraw from that, knowing that we're going to get it. There's no question we're going to get it. No question when I go to the bank and I go get the money uh, that they're going to give it to me. If I got $10 in my account, they're going to give me $10. Amen. Uh, and, and, and there's no question about it. No one's ever gone, you know, gone to the bank and said, hey, I've got $100 in my account. Can I get $10, right? And they're like, no, nah, we're just not going to do that. Well, why not? We just don't feel like it. That doesn't happen, right? Uh, you know, you might have, well, I've got a story. Well, you may have a story, but, but we know in general that's the deal, right? That's the deal. That's the contract uh, with the bank. And, and that's a similar to the contract of faith that we have with the Lord when he gives us a promise. But if you go to the bank and you want to get a loan, now, do banks provide loans to people? They do provide loans to people, right? And if you go with a good credit score and everything's fine, you, you could go to the bank and you fill out all the paperwork, right? All, you know, everything you got to fill out there, do all the paperwork. And uh, at the end of the day, are they required by law to give you a loan? No, what if they just don't want to? Nothing you can do about it. I mean, if everything was perfect on your side, are they still required to give you the money? No. Uh, now, you can go and do all the work. Now, if you have a good credit score, you, pretty good chance you'll get it, right? Pretty good chance that, that you'll obtain the loan that you desire. If you've got, you got a job and you've got, you know, whatever, whatever, got, uh, you know, whatever assets you need to get the loan, uh, good chance you'll get it. Uh, but are you, are you required by law to get it? No, you're not required by law. And that's kind of the same thing if you think of mercy, that mercy, you know, uh, most of the time you're going to get it, but you can't really guarantee that you're going to get it because of its nature of being a sovereign act of the Lord. The Lord just decides. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Uh, and so uh, it, it's best. Uh, now, who's mercy for? Mercy is for the guilty, right? So if you're not guilty, then you got all the promises automatically, right? But if you are guilty, then, you know, you, you're over here in this mercy area. So it's better to stay in the grace area where it's always guaranteed 100% of the time at your account. Go take a withdrawal anytime you want to, right? Uh, it's better than going to mercy where, you know, you, you probably will get it, but there's a chance you won't get it. Amen. So it's better not to live in mercy. A lot of Christians, they'll go sin and repent, sin and repent, sin and repent. And they live in the mercy area of the Lord. And, and is the Lord merciful? He is. Will he have mercy on them for decades? He could have mercy on them for decades, right? He could have mercy on them for, for 100 years, right? Uh, and, and, you know, there's a story that uh, Brother Hagin tells about this fellow that uh, he was 39 years old and he's on his deathbed. And he's going to die. And, and the family called Brother Hagin. Hey, would you come and pray for him? And, and um, like, well, yeah, okay, you know, I'll, I'll come pray for him. You know, I mean, it just sounds awful young to die, right? 39 years old. And um, so along the way, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, don't pray for him. That's really odd, right? I mean, doesn't the Bible say lay hands on sick and they'll recover, right? Uh, and the Lord said, uh, and all the Lord said to him was spiritual laws, which were put in motion years ago, cannot at this time be changed. Now, he didn't know what that meant, right? But he knew that he couldn't go pray for him for, uh, uh, for healing because the Lord said not to pray for him for healing. Now, we know we have the general law of laying hands on the sick, but the Spirit of God knows everything, amen? Uh, and so 
so when he got there, you know, he wasn't able to pray for him. He just kind of just did a general prayer, you know, for peace and that type of thing. And, and that the fella died. And then uh, he started talking to the family members and said, you know, uh, why do you reckon that he didn't make it? Uh, and he, he talked to his brother and his brother said, well, you know, one time when we were just messing around, when he was like 18 years old. Uh, he said, all of a sudden, my brother got real serious, looked at me, he said, I'll never see my 40th birthday. I thought, that's really odd, right? I mean, who says stuff like that? I'll never see my 40th birthday. Uh, and, and so he talked to his mom. He said, oh, yeah, he said that all the time. He said, I'll never see my 40th birthday. So uh, the man was 39 years old, right? Now, did the Lord kill him? Oh, well, Lord didn't kill him. What was his fate? I'm going to die before I'm 40 years old, right? Because the Lord said, spiritual laws, which you put in motion years ago, cannot at this time, so the man's 39 years old, cannot at this time be changed. Now, they could have been changed when he was 38 years old, because the mercy of the Lord. 37 years old, 27 years old, 25 years old. He had decades, you know, like uh, what that, 10, 20, uh, 22 years or 21 years uh, of mercy that he lived in that he could have gone to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I've been dumb all these years. I've said things that, would, that, uh, that confessed my early death on the earth. That's not faith in you. That's just my, the fear of my life. And I'm asking for mercy to, to do away with all those years of bad confessions and, and allow me to live. The Lord could have had mercy on that. But it got to where he was like two months from his 40th birthday and the mercy of the Lord ran out. Now, see, because you said, I'll never see my 40th birthday. Well, that means he could have died when he was 20. He could have died when he was 25. I mean, he could have died a lot of times, but the mercy of the Lord extended that, I mean, to the very end, right? To the very end, right? Uh, and so, and you look at the, the mercy of the Lord even in the Old Testament when, uh, who was the, lo- the longest lived person on the earth? What was his name? Methuselah, right? He lived to be 969 years. And one of the definitions of his name is when he dies, it shall come. And so he was, uh, when he died, right after he died is when the flood came. So uh, why do you think he lived to be the longest person on the earth, longest lived person on the earth? Because of the mercy of the Lord. The Lord extended that mercy as long as he possibly could and people would not repent, right? They would not yield to the Lord. Uh, even though he gave him 969 years, the longest person that ever lived, uh, that uh, now, you know, the mercy of the Lord could extend it to his, for him to live 2,000 years. But for whatever reason, he, he lived to be 969 years, and that was as long as the mercy could last, and that, and that was the end of it. So, you know, I wanted to explain about mercy because a lot of times per, people have this opinion, well, I can just live in mercy as long as I want to. But that kind of does away with the whole concept of what actually mercy is, right? Mercy is a sovereign choice of the Lord to grant, to, to grant uh, uh, freedom from judgment if he so chooses. Uh, and he is merciful, right? And we can see that even in our natural court system. Uh, it, you can go to a court and uh, say you're guilty of a speeding ticket. Uh, if you're guilty and you say, well, Lord, uh, Your Honor, I'm guilty, but I, but I ask for mercy of the court. You know, the court has a right uh, by, by uh, law that they can just choose to throw, away the, throw out that, uh, uh, that conviction. Even though... You're guilty. You did it. They can, if they, within certain constraints, just choose not to hold you responsible for your guilt. Amen. Uh, now, will they do it all the time? No, because then there would be no need for any other laws, right? Then, then there's no need for any other laws of the Lord if mercy can take care of everything. Amen. So, so my, 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 um, uh, my encouragement to you all is don't live in the mercy of the Lord. If you need mercy, he said, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain grace, to, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. So you, you, you should go and obtain mercy anytime you want to. But because the law is sowing and reaping, it's always best for you to be a merciful person. So when you go to the Lord and need mercy, 
You say, Lord, you know, I, I've been extending mercy. I, I, need to, I need to take a withdrawal from my sowing of mercy that I've done all these years. Uh, and, and that's why he, he wants us to be merciful because he said, if you are merciful, so that's what, what we're supposed to do, right? That's our responsibility. Then uh, we shall receive mercy or we shall obtain mercy. So now that, now that makes it a lot, a lot more uh, guaranteed that you get mercy if you've been a merciful person. Amen. Now, if you've not been a merciful person, you know, you still can get mercy. It's just, you know, roll the dice, right? Uh, and and uh, uh, so because of its nature of mercy, the Lord may choose as an act of his will to uh, grant you mercy in a situation, right? So mercy is for the guilty, right? Mercy uh, is the withholding of judgment uh, when otherwise judgment would fall, right? Uh, and he's asking us uh, to do that. He's asking us to provide mercy to those around us. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but in the church, we don't really show much mercy. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Somebody do something, and, and the first thing is off with the head. You know, shoot them in the kneecap, bury them in the backyard. I mean, you know, it's like, why, why is it the first thing we go to, right? Why is it the first thing we go to is kill them all and burn the rest, right? Why, why can't we extend mercy? I mean, you get some minister to make a mistake, and, oh, shoot them all, you know? I mean, it's, have you ever not made a mistake? You know, the difference is uh, their mistakes are on the 5 o'clock news. Nobody sees your mistakes, right? And we're, aren't, we, aren't you thankful that all of the things you do wrong aren't on the 5 o'clock news, right? Uh, but some minister makes a mistake, and it's everywhere. I mean, now I've read long articles in the newspaper, you know, I mean, column after column of, you know, all these things this minister done. It's like, yeah, well, what have you done wrong, you know? Uh, and, and then everybody just wants to bury them. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, it's just unfortunate because uh, the thing about mercy is mercy acknowledges the guilt. Amen. So mercy is not overlooking it and saying, well, they didn't mean to, you know, it was an accident. Well, you know, they have needs or, you know, whatever euphemism we want to make. Um, mercy is not sticking our head in the sand. Mercy is saying, yep, they did that, but we're going to choose not to, not to process them with judgment. Uh, so it's not ignoring the, the guilt. It's not saying they didn't do it. In fact, it's the opposite. It's acknowledging that, yes, they did that, but we're going we're, we're gonna to withhold judgment. Uh, we're going to choose to withhold judgment. And that's what we're supposed to be doing to each other uh, on a regular basis, to our, to, our, to our children, to our parents, to our in-laws, to our neighbors, to our employers. To, I mean, you just get two people that work for somebody together and, and let them talk about their employer. And uh, I mean, they're the worst person in the world. Well, why are you working for them? You know, and in fact, I had this uh, great man of faith come by the church one time, you know, and said, hey, how's work going? Oh, I hate it. Well, the, the, you mean that you hate the company that provides you food every week for your family and, and pays for your electric bill and your car bill and your mortgage and you hate that company? You know, I mean, it's just, there's no mercy, right? Just, oh, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, it's just, uh, we should live differently as Christians, amen? We don't have to be like the rest of the world that, uh, I mean, you get two parents together and they'll rag about their kids about how sorry the kids are, you know? And to me, it just, it bothers you. You get to it, you get a bunch of guys around, they'll start ragging on their wives. Oh, yeah, my wife, oh, yeah, you think that's bad? Mine's even worse than yours, you know? And, and um, you know, I'll just say, well, my wife's great. Uh, and they'll look at you like, what's wrong with you? Uh, and, and so, uh, of course, she's great, doesn't need any mercy, right? Uh, but, um, but if she wasn't great, she'd still get mercy. I'd say she's the best there ever was, right? Uh, and so, so Jesus is asking us to withhold judgment. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, and again, it's for the guilty, right? So it's easy to be merciful on people who are perfect because it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm merciful to them. What, they, what have they ever done wrong to you? Nothing. 
Well, then you've never showed a mercy, right? You don't show mercy to people who have never done anything wrong. You only show mercy to people who have done things wrong. Uh, and so you're supposed to withhold judgment. Now, uh, you, you know, the, the way, in fact, let's turn over to, J to James chapter 2. And uh, I was thinking we'd get done with this today. But, you know, to me, this is kind of a, a, a big deal because, in fact, I, I was listening to, to Brother Hagin the other day and I heard, heard him say something I've never heard him say before. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that always defined Brother Hagin's ministry was his walk of love. And if you, if you know his ministry much, you know, all the things that he went through, uh, he walked in love probably more than any other minister that I know. All the things that people did to him, and it was so unkind to him and, and cutthroat to him, you know, other ministers and stuff. Uh, and he just chose to walk in love. In fact, to the point that people thought he had a character flaw. There's something wrong with you, you know. You should be mad at that person. Uh, and he said he got, he got saved, and he was a Baptist fellow. When he got saved, he got uh, uh, slipped into the Pentecostal movement. And he said, um, I've never heard him say this. He said, I nearly left the Pentecostal church, he said, because I saw such little love in the Pentecostal church. Uh, and, and, you know, I have observed that myself. I mean, Pentecostals, uh, we are some of the worst people to judge you and to condemn you for everything. You know, how long is your skirt? How long is your hair? How much makeup you got on? How much jewelry you got on? You know, I mean, uh, uh, um, you know, but it's all things that we're not doing, right? But you talk about, well, well how about your eating habits? You know, it seems like you eat like a pig. Oh, don't talk about that, you know. Yeah, but they'll, they'll judge everybody else, right? But they won't talk about what they're doing, right? Uh, and, um, you know, I've, I mean, I find it so hard. People will pick one sin, whatever the sin is. And they'll be so hard on that one sin. Now, why'd you pick that one sin? You know, whatever it is, right? I mean, you know, uh, you get a bunch of Pentecostals around. You just, I mean, one great sin to talk about today is homosexuality, right? You talk about homosexuality around some Pentecostals. And they'll bury them all and put them in hell. Well, what about worry? Isn't that a sin? Last time I checked, you know, worry's not faith. It's a sin, right? You're going to bury all the people that worry? Oh, I just, I don't know if I can do it or not, you know? Uh, I mean, we're not, are we excusing the sin of homosexuality? No. Is it a sin? 100% is a sin. Is it wrong? 100% wrong. Is it just the way I was born? No, you weren't born that way. You chose to be that way, right? There's no, no biblical doctrine, you know, 100% wrong, right? We never approve of it. We don't accept it. We, you know, we'd never be glad for it. Uh, but we're not mad about people because if I got to pick that sin, then I got to bury everybody for every sin they've ever done. What about all the sins that you've done? What about the sins I've, I've done, right? That maybe nobody else knows, right? Uh, and so, uh, but he said he almost left the, the Pentecostal church because of the lack of love. And, and it's been my observation that, that we, it seems as though the more that you know about the Lord, the more uh, uh, religious and, and condemning you are to people's failures. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, the best example was the, was the balance that Jesus had with the woman caught in the very act of adultery in, in John chapter 8. Uh, was she in adultery? Was she wrong? Did he, did he accept her sin? Well, you know, it's okay. Did he say it was okay? Well, you know, you have needs. I know you've got needs, right? Did, did he approve of that? No, what did he call it? He said, go and sin no more, right? So did he acknowledge that it was a sin? 100%. I mean, some people you even say, well, that's a sin. They will get so mad at you, right? I mean, just for daring to say that's a sin. Well, it's a, if it's a sin, it's a sin. You know, some sins are really obvious, right? Well, stealing, well, it's not a sin. Um, yeah, it is, right? Uh, and so uh, some people will just, they'll try every way to split a hair. Well, cussing, you know, the word Bible doesn't actually say cussing is wrong in the Bible anywhere. Well, go pray with those same words to the Lord and see how that works out for you, right? Uh, and so, uh, and they'll just split hairs over the, well, you know, and they know it's a sin, but they want to find some legal loophole that it's not a sin, right? It's right. still a sin, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but, 
in, in all of these things, uh, we, we've got to do what the Lord says to do, which is to, to if we can, to withhold judgment, right? Uh, and so uh, I wanted to read James chapter 2 here because it's really the same thing that he said, Jesus said. Uh, he's saying here in James chapter 2, verse 13, he says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that have showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So again, this is sowing and reaping, right? So uh, he said uh, that he shall have judgment without mercy. So who's the he? He's talking about the Lord, right? The Lord shall have judgment without mercy for him that have showed no mercy. So then the opposite is true as well, right? So if you show mercy, then, then when judgment may come, instead of judgment, you may get to receive mercy instead, right? But he's saying that if you've never showed any mercy and then you go do something wrong and then judgment's going to fall upon you, What's the likelihood of you getting mercy from the Lord? He says right there, he will show him, no, shall have judgment without mercy, right? Uh, for him who have showed no mercy. So it, it's to our advantage, uh, you know, for me personally, in every situation, when somebody does something wrong, you know, even in the church or just in my personal life, my first question is, Lord, can I have mercy on them? Uh, that's always my first go-to. You know, sometimes you can't. Sometimes, you know, You've got to fire them, right? They go do something wrong, and it's so bad that you've you, you, you got to go, right? you just got to go, right? Uh, and, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Uh, and so, but sometimes, you know, you can have mercy. Uh, and, so, and so that's always my first go-to is, uh, Lord, uh, can I have mercy on this person? Uh, and then if I can, see, then, then I will acknowledge your sin and say, well, what you did is wrong, uh, but we're going to show mercy on you. You know, years ago, my, my pastor... Uh, uh, he'd, he'd always uh, have me handle situations that he just didn't want to handle, right? Uh, and so uh, the secretary had been embezzling money from the church. And he said, you go deal with it. Well, why don't you go deal with it? You're the pastor, you know, I'm just nobody, right? I'm, I'm run the sound, right? And, and, and uh, you go deal with it. All right, I'll go deal with it. So I said, you know, what, you know what's the deal? You know, what, you're taking money from the church? She said, yeah. She said, I got behind paying my tithes, so I started embezzling money so I could pay my tithes. Now, I mean, that's like Ph.D. level stupidity, right? I mean, like, in what scenario that you're going to steal money so you can give to the church? You're stealing money from the church to give back to the church, right? So that, so that your account on paper looks good. But you're the secretary, and you're the only one who's keeping the account. So who, who's going to look at this and go, you're, short, you're shorting on your tithe, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you're out of here. I mean, who's going to do that? No, but she's the secretary, right? She's the one keeping the books. And is the Lord going to be like, oh, well, thanks. That's great. You know, good that you paid your tithe. You know, uh, well, I know you stole the money, but it's more important to pay your tithes. Right. There's, there's no scenario. The Lord's going to be like, that's good. That's a good job. Right. Uh, and so I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. You're stealing money. You're embezzling money from the church to pay your own tithes. And, and, I, and I said, you know, we should fire you. And we would have been perfect. Would anybody have said, I can't believe they fired her. Nobody would have said that's ridiculous, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. Everybody would be like, are you kidding? You should have fired her twice, right? Come back here, you're hired, you're fired again, right? Just so we, so we can fire you twice. Uh, but I said, look, uh, we're going to have mercy. Because one of, the th- one of the nice things about mercy that I've observed is, you know, if you show mercy on somebody, they'll be the best person in that area of anybody else. They will never do that. In fact, they'll be the most reliable. You know, some people aren't that way. But some people, when you catch them, call them on the carpet, Man, they'll straighten up just like that, and they'll be the best person that ever was, right? Now, how do you know when to have mercy? You have mercy when the Spirit of God shows you to have mercy, amen? And I sense in my heart that, and she was. She was a great secretary from that point on. 
I mean, just by the book, right? Uh, now, we could have fired her, and, and uh, you know, she would have not, uh, she would have uh, uh, done better, I'm sure, later on, even after that. Uh, but we got, to, we got to restore her. See, Galatians 6.1 says, uh, when you find your brother in a fault, right? You, which are spiritual, restore such a one. So, again, uh, would we have been wrong in firing her? No, no, uh, uh, nobody would have ever condemned the church for firing her, right? Uh, and, and I had the authority. I could have fired her right there. Well, you're clear your desk out, you're, you're fired, right? Uh, but chose to have mercy on her because it was, it was an option, amen? It, it was a possibility. Uh, and so, uh, and I could tell you story like story like that over the years where people have done things wrong and chose to have mercy on, right? Uh, now, uh, this one lady, um, she... Uh, uh, she came by the church uh, and she needed some money. And, and um, she said, my mother died. I need some, I need some gas money, right? Uh, and, um, you know, for me, when people come by and ask for money from the church, I don't, have a, I don't have a law. I don't have a rule. Well, you know, we have a certain budget every month, you know, and that once we, you know, we're out of a budget for that money. You know, that, you know, that takes out the whole uh, being led by the Spirit. That means God can't do anything about it. And I don't like laws like that. I don't, you know, I mean, if, if, you, want to, if you want to see how we run the church, you know, well, well, how do you decide how much money to give? Well, we ask the Lord, you know. It's just, it's just you know, that's, that's it. I, I can't tell you anything else. You know, if the Lord says give it away, then we give it away, right? Uh, and, well, you know, you need to have some guidelines. I do. I ask the Lord what he wants to do. And that's what, he, you know, that's the guideline, right? And so, well, how do you know? Well, I mean, uh, can it ever be wrong giving money away? I mean, you know, unless you're giving the money to me, right? I mean, we're not giving money away to me. Uh, and so, but, you know, in that moment, you know, I thought, well, down here, Spirit of God, no, don't give her money. Now, that sounds terrible. You mean you're not going to give her money to go see her, her mother's dead at a funeral? No. Lord says no. So, so what do you do? You don't give her money, right? And so, uh, and so yeah, I'm not going to be able to help you. Yeah, and so, uh, but, you know, she was, she was a repeat customer, and so we saw her on occasion. So she came back the next week, uh, and, and she's just talking. And, and just down in, in my heart, the Spirit of God, ask her how her mother's doing. You mean the one that died? Yeah, ask her. Okay, yeah. He said, how's your mother doing? She said, oh, she's fine. She's at home. Now, a week ago, she's dead. And I'm thought, praise God. We've got a resurrect from the dead. We're going to get on the TV, get on the radio. We're going to say, hey, we got somebody raised from the dead. It's a miracle. We're going to have 100 people come to church tomorrow. Uh, I knew it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really a miracle, right? I said, you said she was dead. Now, normally, I don't really call people on the carpet like that. But, I mean, you said she was dead. Now, that's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, it's not like, hey, you know. I got an electric bill, and it's $100. Oh, it's really only $80, but, you know, I need a, I need, I need a cheeseburger, too, so we're going to round it up to 100 right? It wasn't like that. She's dead, right? My mother's dead. So, uh, you know, I mean, so maybe this person would never swear on a mother's grave because, I mean, does she have a grave right now or not? I don't know, right? But uh, so, I said, so I said, you said she was dead. No, she's at home. Yeah, I said, but you said she was dead. She never did get it. She never did acknowledge that what she had said was just, amazing right beyond measure right and i said yeah but you said she was dead well that's what my sister told me you mean your sister told you that your mother's died and you didn't bother to check to see if it's true or not you just like oh yeah she's dead well that's a shame somebody should do something i mean is that really that didn't happen her sister obviously didn't tell her she's making this because that's what people do right in the middle of it they start making these great stories right there's just even more amazing you mean your sister called you hey mom's dead okay that's it. You didn't. You didn't find what the what the what the arrangements were, or you know what the will reading. I mean, you just. Oh yeah. Okay, she's dead. I should go see her. But I gotta go to church get some gas money. Uh, that didn't happen, right? 
And, and so I said, well, you just need to leave, right? So in that moment, you know, she didn't get in mercy. She just, you know, she, I just told her to leave. And, uh, and because in that moment, that was the right thing to do, right? Now, now, I can guarantee you, I mean, I can't tell you how many people come to the church and lie. Just the other day, somebody came back. To, we were, we were uh, cutting all that wood. Some guy comes up and said, hey, do you got any work I can do? I need, I need some money for my family, you know. They always bring in the family, right? The money for my family, you know. And um, are you married? I mean, I don't know. He could have been orphaned for all I know, but... Um, I said, well, you know, we, we need to, the, the uh, grass weed eat over here, you know, it's really kind of high, you know, and, uh, and uh, you got a weed eater? She said, oh, I went home. I said, tell you what, I said, I'll give you $20 now and I'll give you $20 when you come back and, and, um, and do the weed eating. He goes, yeah, that'd be great, you know. And I looked at him and I looked, because I always do this. I look at him and I, I said, now you're coming back, right? You, you, you're really going to come back. You're not going to just take my money and leave, are you? Oh, no, I'm coming back. I look him right in the eye, right? Uh, and um, you know who, who did the weed eating? Not that fellow, right? He never came back. He left and never came back. Now, see, to me, the, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, usually I know, you know, it, it, on that fella, I was like 50-50 it was to come back or not. You know, I, we started a little pool, me and Johnny and Jared, you know, start pools, you come back, you know. Uh, and, and, um, and usually if you just bet against them, you're usually pretty good, right? Uh, and so, and look, you know, uh, I mean, people tell me all kinds of stories. I could tell you story after story. I mean, just, just you know, they can't just say, hey, man, I just need 20 bucks. What do you need 20 bucks for? I mean, one guy said, I need 20 bucks to, to buy a pack of smokes, you know. And he said, I'm not going to lie to you. I, said, I want a pack of cigarettes. Okay, that's great. I'm not going to give you 20 bucks to go kill yourself, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you're honest about it. And, and so, uh, and so, uh, so he never came back, right? But see, it still, it was mercy for him, me to give him the first $20 because um, I knew there's a really good chance he's never coming back, amen? But still, I could have said, there ain't no chance you're coming back because there's a good chance he wasn't going to come back, uh, right? But still, mercy can give him the $20, knowing that uh, he may not come back because the next guy that comes back, see, I'm not going to be bitter and go, well, the, the, the last guy, you know how many people I've asked, to, uh, they come and, and, and normally I didn't ask this fellow because he said he lived in another city. And I always say, where do you go to church? Well, I don't go to church anymore. I said, well, you need to come to church here. Uh, I'll be there Sunday. Really? You'll be here Sunday. I, yeah. I said, you're not just telling me that because I, you know, I really, I mean, it's like, I mean, I make him sign a contract and everything. Sign right here. You'll be here Sunday, right? Oh, yeah, I'll be there Sunday. Uh, you know how many people, the people have told me that. You know how many people showed up on Sunday? Zero. I mean, we're talking dozens of people. Zero of them showed up on Sunday. I'll guarantee, I mean, on my mother's grave. You know, you say, it's the same mother as this lady over here because her mother's raised from the dead. So, you know, once you're raised from the dead, I guess you're off the hook, right? But, uh, so, but you know, I still, uh, if the Lord says to give them money, I give them money or whatever it is they need help with, right? If the Lord says to do that, because it's a mercy for them, right? Uh, even though they're lying, I know they're lying, they know they're lying, the Lord knows, everybody knows they're lying. But still, the Lord will still extend mercy upon them, right? He will withhold judgment and bless them in that moment because he's a good God, amen? Uh, and so, but then sometimes, you know, the Lord says, you know, you can't help them. Uh, and so if the Lord says yes, man, no problem. I help them do whatever they need. If the Lord says no, I, I don't get, I don't, get under pressure. Well, Lord, I didn't really need help. I just I leave that in the hands of the Lord. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to. If he says to help him, praise God, I'll help him all day long. If he says don't help him, no problem, Lord. I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to get mad at you about it. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to, oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Uh, because, you know, uh, uh, I've heard a lot of stories. Amen. Uh, and so, so James says that uh, if you want to be a person who is able to receive mercy, then you need to be a person who is giving mercy. Amen. And the, the easiest way to give mercy is find out what the Lord wants to do. 
Lord, what do you want to do? You, you want to just say, hey, they, they messed up and, 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 and don't fire them from their position? You know, there, there's been times when, when I knew things were going on in the church and, uh, and, and instead, of, uh, instead of me uh, firing somebody from some position, I may go confront them and talk to them about it and let them stay in that position. And some people, oh, you can't do that. Well, why not? Mercy would allow them to stay in that position, wouldn't they, right? Because they could be harmed more by firing them from whatever small position they, they have uh, because for them it could be an important part of their life. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if I can, I will always have mercy. If the Lord lets me to, I will always have mercy because that's, that's uh, and when, as, as I read the word of God from, from what Jesus said, from what James said, that especially what James says because James really brings it out clear that, that uh, if you're not a person of mercy, then when the time that you need it, the Lord says, he'll be like, no. Because he'll be like, you remember that time over there? I wanted you to have mercy on them. You just kicked them to the curb. That time over there, you just, you just, you know, said they should fire all of them. That time over there, you know, I mean, uh, you withheld those funds from them. I ain't giving that to them. Um, And now you're coming to me for help, right? That you need mercy. So, so James brings out even more um, the idea of the law of sowing and reaping when it comes to mercy. Uh, uh, and then uh, Philip's translation, I, li- I really like Philip's translation. He says, um, the man who makes no allowances for others will find none made for him. It is still true that mercy smiles in the face of judgment. I just like that. Mercy smiles in the face of judgment. So when judgment's there and, and the Lord says, yeah, I'm going to just call it even. What are you, you going to do? You're just going to smile, right? Like, wow, that's all right. Amen. And see, that should be our desire if we can right if we can extend mercy in every situation we should extend mercy now well people are just going to take advantage of you no nope, nobody takes advantage of the lord amen uh, and all those people that have come and got money you know they nine out of ten may, may have left the doors and thought i got one over on them they didn't get one over on me because i showed them mercy it was you know they think they got one over on me but i extended mercy to them uh, and and even if they never come back you know, someday when they stand before the Lord, he, they'll be like, well, Lord, you never had mercy on me. And he'll bring, he'll, I told them that you were lying. He knew that you were lying. You knew that you were lying, but I still instructed him to give you that money. So there's your one chance of mercy. And you never, you never uh, did anything about that. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, mercy smiles in the face of judgment. A couple other translations says, uh, for judgment without mercy will be on him who has practiced no mercy. By mercy, you will be raised above judgment. Uh, one translation says, yes, you must show mercy to others. If you, do not allow, if you do not show mercy, then God will not show mercy to you when he judges you. But the one who shows mercy can stand without fear before the judge. See, we're all going to stand before the judge, right? And that, it's not just talking about the end of times, but in each and every day, right? The Lord's going to look at our lives and what we're doing. Uh, when you stand before him, what are you going to get? See, when I go to the Lord and I need mercy, I always tell him, Lord, you said in your word, if I show mercy, I'll get mercy. I, I, that's what I tell him. And Lord, I, I need some mercy. And I try to minimize that, right? I don't, I'm not trying to live there. But on occasion, we all need mercy, right? Some, you just do something stupid and you say something wrong or whatever. And sometimes you just got to draw on mercy. And I, I, I always have a, I make sure my bank account of mercy is always full, right? Yeah. One last translation and we'll go. He says, yes, you must show mercy to others. Or God will not show mercy to you when he judges you. But the person who shows mercy can stand without fear when he is judged. Uh, so I want to stand without fear, don't you? Yes. Stand without fear. And I want to show mercy. I want to be the person who shows mercy. And, and, and that may, uh, you know, some people, they're really, really 
uh, they had this attitude, nobody's going to take advantage of me. You know, a person who's showing mercy is not being taken advantage of. Amen. You're not really being taken advantage of because the Lord's always providing for me. The Lord's always, he said, blessed are those that are merciful for they shall receive mercy. Right. So because I show mercy, I'm blessed. So what if you take advantage of me? I'm blessed. What if you got one over on me? I'm blessed. So you're, you're, yeah, maybe you got 10 bucks out of me that, that uh, you shouldn't have gotten. And that's all you're ever going to get. But I'm blessed. I have the kingdom of heaven backing me. And you've got my $10. I'd much rather have streets of gold than the $10 you've managed to figure out how to get on my billfold. Amen. Uh, and, and so, so even if on occasion I, I show mercy and maybe it's maybe extended even more than I should have, I'm still going to be okay. Amen. Uh, and so I never feel like, well, they got one over on me. I, I never feel like somebody took advantage of me. Wow, I wish I had done that. Uh, I, I just think, well, Lord, it's mercy. I'll just count it as mercy. Amen. That guy that's supposed to come and, and weed eat our lawn, I, that's mercy, Lord. You know, he got the $20. Yeah, he's probably thinking, yeah, I got one over them. I got the $20 out of that church, you know. And they, no, I showed him mercy. Amen. And, and in fact, uh, uh, just to make sure things are good, I'll go, Lord, Lord uh, I'm asking you to show mercy on him. Even though he stole from the church, I'm asking you to show mercy on, on him that, that he not hold any judgment for him stealing money from the church. Because that's stealing, right? If you go say, how, go do that, and you don't do it, and you get the money for it, that's basically stealing, right? And so I'll, I'll, I'll double up. Lord, I'm asking you to show mercy on him, right? Because there's no really need for me to show any more mercy for him than what I've done. I mean, I could go find him, I guess, hunt him down for 20 bucks all the way to Decatur. I mean, it costs $20 to get from here to the highway, right? Just in gas. So I'll be way out, you know, just on gas money trying to hunt him down, right? Uh, and so, uh, so he may think he got one over on us, but he didn't. He got mercy. What he saw was mercy. He may never appreciate it, but I know in my heart it's mercy because, see, then we're banking mercy, right? I'm, I'm banking mercy. So if this church as a whole ever needs mercy, we say, Lord, you, all these people, we've, Lord, uh, uh, we've given mercy to all these people. We're going to draw from that bank account of mercy, and, and we're going to be good, amen? Uh, and so, so uh, Philip's translation, it is true that mercy smiles in a face of judgment. I just love that. Just when you get mercy, it's like, that's really good. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and that's what the Lord wants us to do. Amen. And he said, if you do that, then you'll get mercy of yourself and, and, uh, and you'll be blessed. Pretty good deal, right? Uh, why, would, why wouldn't we want that deal? It's a pretty good deal. I ain't showing no mercy. Fine, fine. Tell, you know. uh, then you've got to uh, be on your own. Amen. See, if, if, I, if I do the law of sowing and reaping, then I'm not limited to only what I can do. I have all of heaven backing me. Amen. I'm not limited just to my intelligence, my, my, own, my own hard work. I've got all of heaven backing me if I do what he says to do. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessings of heaven. Father, we thank you that uh, we have the capacity to show mercy because you live on the inside of us. Father, you said that your love is shed abroad in my hearts by the Holy Ghost that's been given to me. So, Father, I have infinite capacity to show mercy. And, Lord, I thank you for these things. I thank you that we can do it. Uh, and, Father, I thank you we are well able and well inclined to do it, Father. And we choose as an act of our will to be merciful people, to withhold judgment, Father, when otherwise judgment could fall. And so, Father, we'll do that. And because we do that, Father, we are blessed. And because we do that, Father, we will receive mercy. And we thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, this, this is, uh, um, uh, in fact, we, could have, we, didn't, we ran out of time. We could have gone through another whole, uh, whole uh, story there about mercy from 
from the parables there, but uh, we'll just keep on from there. Amen. So, all right, well, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. We appreciate y'all's faithful giving. Amen. Is the Lord good to us? Yes. He's good to us. Amen. Has he provided us jobs? And I would encourage you, you know, don't rag on your job. You know, I mean, uh, uh, I told a friend of mine one time, he was complaining about his job and, you know, how hard it was. And I said, well, you know, the Lord's grace is there for you to do your job, right? And by his grace, you can be promoted to another job somewhere else. But it's going to be really hard for the Lord to promote you if you're complaining about the job that you have. Amen. And then he didn't talk to me for a year. And so, <laughs> well, I mean, and that's really all I said, you know, is that, you know, the Lord wants to promote you, but he can't promote you if you're complaining about your job. Right. And, uh, and I thought we were friends, you know, but, uh, you know, that wasn't a really harsh thing to say, right? The Lord wants to promote you, but quit complaining, a big baby. I didn't say it like that, you know. And so come ahead, Mr. Jared. Um, uh, I would encourage you all uh, to meditate on, on being merciful uh, and look for opportunity to be merciful and never regret being merciful. I never regret it. I never regret uh, extending mercy to anybody. Amen. Uh, and I know um, when Dr. Dufresne was around, Dr. Dufresne was real. He just had a real uh, uh, heart for ministers and he dealt with a lot of ministers that had problems you know they get in trouble and uh, and what he would do oftentimes he'd bring those ministers to california where he lived uh he had a ranch in colorado too sometimes he'd bring them out there uh, and he would just hey you just you just hang out with me for a couple weeks and we'll just talk and we'll fellowship and we'll kind of you know get you back to where you need to be spiritually and he said he got so much flack from other ministers you know you need to fire them you need to set them down you need to have them give up their ministry you need to get them off you know and he said he got so much flack for being merciful to other ministers. He said it was really amazing to him that uh, that, that happened, you know. And uh, uh, and so uh, it, it's uh, we should extend mercy, amen, wherever we can. Sometimes you can't, right? And uh, and and I never feel bad if I if I extend mercy. And if the Lord says mercy can't be extended, I don't I don't feel bad about that either because it's all in His hands, amen. He'll take care of it, amen. So praise God. Well, appreciate you coming out. If you, it, we'll go up check out the church if you guys want to see the, uh, the paint and the flooring and stuff there. And um, otherwise, we'll see you at 3 o'clock for healing school.